All right. All right. Um, welcome back. It's episode three. Week three of the NFL just concluded. Today we're talking NFL. You know, we're going to go into the Thursday night game at the end of it, and then we'll give a little update on the playoffs for the MLB, NBA, and who won the NHL Stanley Cup. Uh, today we have a guest. His name is Parker. He's a uh, ex-high school quarterback. He knows a lot about football. Unfortunately, he is a Patriots fan, but uh, maybe <laughs> we can get that to change sometime. Uh, so, yeah, yeah let's yeah, start off. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, so uh, Falcons will another lead, this time to the Bears. You know, last week to the Cowboys, it was it was bad. But in a way, understandable. I mean, it was the Falcons. But it was also crazy at the end of the game, the onside kick. But, I mean, this week to the Bears, and Trubisky played bad, too. It was – they had Nick Foles come in and beat him. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, Nick Foles does another Nick Foles thing to me. Uh, he comes in and clutches it. Now, at, Atlanta did – granted, Atlanta gave that game away. Um, it, it, they did another kind – of, kind of the same way I'm saying Nick Foles does Nick Foles stuff. Atlanta kind of just did another Atlanta thing. Um, and, man, yeah. Nick Foles came in and, you know, he, he threw for three touchdowns and 188 yards and, and not a lot of time. And, and, honestly, that one interception he had could have – you know, it was almost a touchdown as well. So, he almost threw four touchdowns in the – in the matter of, you know, just a few minutes, really. Great, great yeah, play when he, he, he came in in the, in the fourth or in the third. I don't remember exactly when. But uh, I want to I wanna say late fourth. Or, sorry, uh, early late, fourth. Late third? Early fourth. Okay. Somewhere yeah, in between. And, uh, in Chicago, Matt Nagy came out and said he's going to start next week versus the Colts at home. You know, Bears are 3-0. They are, in my opinion, the worst 3-0 team. Uh, and the Falcons are – I mean, I want to say the second, maybe third best 0-3 team, but at this point, I don't – that defense – Dan Quinn's defense is looking terrible. I mean, obviously, uh, we have the Texans. They're the best 0-3 team. You, you know, probably the Vikings number two. After that, I, I wanted to put the Falcons, but I don't know. They, they're just – they look terrible. That defense is horrible. I mean, their offense looks good, even with Julio – you know, not even doing much or even playing as in this last week. But the, the highlight God. of the highlight of an 0-3 team is you're putting up a ton of points. So if Godly you can figure numbers. out if you can figure out that defense, that that offense is putting up a ton of points. Calvin Ridley's looking like a, an absolute stud, and and the offense is going to always put up at least 21, you know, 28 points a game. Now you just need that I mean, yeah. to follow behind. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, the Falcons have two number one receivers in Julio and Calvin Ridley, and then they have an emerging star in Russell Gage, who's – I mean, right now he's still, I'm going to say, a number three receiver, but who's to say he can't be a number two? And on the defense, it's not like they're – it's like they're bad. They have Dante Fowler. They have Keanu Neal. They have uh, their rookie cornerback, Isaiah Oliver. You know, he's been struggling. But they, they have pieces. And Dan Quinn's been there for a while that – he has the pieces that he wants. It's not like the case we had in uh, Detroit the past few years with Matt Patricia still trying to get his talent in for his defense. Sure. Dan yeah. Quinn's been here for a while. He has the players he needs. He has the players he wants. It's just, a, it's just a matter of fact of executing, and they're not getting it done at all on that side of the ball. The, it comes to a point in time when uh, you, you, you say a uh, clutch factor, I guess. When, um, when the narrative behind Nick Foles is he's always going to come back and he's going to play really well for, 
you know, quote unquote backup. And you, you saw him do it in the Super Bowl. You saw him do it in, uh, you saw, you see him do it all the Philadelphia. time. Philadelphia. In yeah. Philadelphia. And, and right. And he comes in in this game and he throws a touchdown. The, the score's getting a little closer. He throws his second touchdown. The score's getting a little closer. And everyone in their mind is having the narrative man, is Nick Foles really about to do it again? Offense and defense. Chicago was like rolling. They're like, you know what? That, that entire playing staff, that entire coaching staff, the entire players, everyone on the field, on both sides of the ball are going, man, is, is Nick Foles about to do this again? And, and I think that mindset is Atlanta already knowing we've blown three games in a row. Or sorry, two games in a row. This, that was the third one. We've blown two games in a row. And now that narrative is we've, we're blowing games and someone that's a clutch and, you know, he comes in in the clutch. He yeah, comes in, yeah. And that, that entire field is going, oh, my God, Nick Foles is about to do it again. And I wonder if that's what fuels Nick Foles because when he was on the Jags, he wasn't seen as the underdog coming in. He was seen as, hey, I'm an 80, 84 million man. I'm, I'm the number one guy now. And, I mean, he did break his collarbone 11 plays into the season. And that kind of sucked. But, I mean, even coming in after Minshew Mania, I guess you could say he kind of was an underdog. But still, in my, I mean, they started him as soon as they could. So, maybe that underdog fuels, uh, fuels Nick Foles. And, you know, I'm looking at the rest of the Bears' season. Okay, it's – I mean, obviously, they're, they're done with Trubisky. It's over. for The Trubisky era in Chicago has ended. Uh, Nick Foles' era there, I want to say it's just starting. Because not he's not the, he's not the long-term answer. They know that. We know that. But – I think he'll start the rest of the games this year, you know, unless he gets hurt. Uh, and I want to say he'll start next year with a rookie behind him. I mean, it kind of, in a way, I mean, Chicago's not winning the Super Bowl. They're probably not finishing with a winning record. Yeah, they have a good defense and they have a good coaching staff, but they're not going to finish with a winning record. And it sucks for Chicago fans that they've started 3-0 when everyone knows they're not making the playoffs, even in an expanded playoff. Their draft pick, because of these three games, is going to be a lot higher or a lot lower than what they should be getting. They're sure. probably going to have to trade up for a quarterback. And I have my eye on Trey Lance out of North Dakota State and Josh Fields out of Oklahoma – or Ohio State, not Oklahoma. But, yeah, they're, they're probably going to get a first-round quarterback, and they're probably going to overpay just like they did for Trubisky. But, I mean, you kind of have to in this situation, so it sucks for them. I, I tell you what, it, it is a – that that is a good dilemma but a good thing to have when you're having your second you're having your backup QB have to come in for your first round draft pick QB who you thought was going to be a franchise QB i it a positive is you're having to replace him and have to bring him into the game and you're 3 and 0 still so like if they're looking at this season as a positive and they're really trying to make the playoffs and and they believe that's something they can do versus trying to get draft picks. That is a great problem to have, I guess, is, is uh, debating between the QBs, but you're still 3-0. You're still I mean, undefeated. When so you look at it, when you look at it as a 3-0, I, I want to know when the last time this happened, when a 3-0 and team benched their starting quarterback. Like, not, he didn't get hurt. I'm, I'm not sure. Him. And it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, what if Nick Foles does cap, capture some magic, you know? What if he goes on a tear the rest of the season? I don't know, maybe fin- finish 10-6? and six? I'm not convinced it's going to happen. I think Foles will – I think he'll, you know, decrease the play of his game. They might even have to start Trubisky towards the end of the year just because. 
I mean, it's false. We he we never know what he's gonna do. Like okay, uh, going going down next week they play Indianapolis or this this coming up week on Sunday, uh, I believe noon they're playing Indianapolis. To me, I still think that's a close game that Bears are gonna come out on top. They're, they're going out of out of this week four and zero. Whoa, I mean, what are the Colts at <laughs> two and one right now? Philip Rivers starting to sling that thing. I, I I put my faith in the Colts. I I think Foles maybe you know one touchdown, two interceptions, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, I know the Colts don't really have a great secondary, but uh, I still I, – I'm not with it. And with Tariq Cohen maybe even torn his ACL this past weekend, their running game's going to have to lean on one guy, maybe the backup too. It's just – it's not looking good for David Montgomery and Nick Foles, that offense. But, uh, I mean, let's let's move on. The, I mean, Bears aren't making the playoffs anyways. Let's talk about the team that, that – let's talk about the team that is. The Buffalo Bills, another 3-0 and team. You know, in the past few years, they've been a defensive team. They've always had a stout defense, defensive coaching. I mean, they have, in my opinion, a top three coaching staff in the league. But this year, the offense, they, I mean, they've scored 93 points in three games so far. That ranks third behind the Packers and Seahawks. And Josh Allen still looks amazing this year. He's throwing the ball like crazy. He's running that offense. Stephon Diggs looks good. I mean, are they an offensive team this year? Josh Allen is playing great football at, at the start of this year you do have to take in consideration buffalo for some reason starts off every year they play really well i believe last year they were three and oh as well coming out of the gate and it, and it kind of deter- deteriorated from there but the difference is josh allen is not only you know kind of playing his scrappy run and throw game he's sitting in the pocket and slinging the thing right now this man is thrown for, I, I believe, over 300 yards a game and is, is playing great football. You know, granted, they, uh, towards the back half of that game, their offense kind of slowed down and they allowed the Rams to kind of come back and it ended up being a really close game. And then there's a uh, questionable call at the end for the pass interference <laughs> that allows them to have that, that first down and, you know, he throws that touchdown and they win the game. But – yeah. As far as, like you're saying, they're a defensive team, and then now their offense is starting to look like they're pick, picking up a little bit, and they're actually bringing some things together, as well as that Stephon Diggs piece that they were missing last year. Man, Buffalo's looking like a team that is a playoff contender. And their their defense, I mean, obviously we know how good the offense has been this season, and their defense, on the other hand, they're not, they haven't been as we would have thought. You know, Tremaine Edmonds is a monster. Tredavious White crazy good uh and they, they have a young uh guy in ed oliver their d line's still good they're just not i want to say executing they're not playing real well i i want to say they will i say i i think because of the you know corona in the off season maybe those sure. guys didn't really get to have all that you know communication as they would have i mean it's not like they have a ton of new guys so i expect them to pick it up real fast they are traveling to vegas this week um that's going to be an interesting one to watch because Vegas, I mean, they're two and one. They came back against Carolina. They beat the Saints on Monday night. They did just lose the Patriots, but I mean, it's the Patriots, no matter what happens, they have their great coach, greatly coached. But uh, that Bills and uh, Raiders game, I have the Bills winning it, but I could see, I mean, maybe another situation like we just had with the Rams. Bills get off to a hot start. John Gruden and company, yeah. you know, kind of storm back at the end about defense is still figuring things out for Buffalo. Sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I believe that 
uh, between week three and this next week for the Bills is going to really determine how everyone feels about them. You know, uh, we, we, we can talk about Josh Allen throwing 300, 400, and 300 again in, in the you know, first three weeks. But the first two were against New York and Miami, who are uh, pretty, pretty questionable teams. Sorry, the Jets. One and six com- a- or one and five combined? Right. Uh, now, doing it against the Rams, a little better. I believe the Rams are a solid mid-tier team right now. They were picking on Ramsey that game, too. Right, right. And then next week, you got Vegas, who Gruden is a, is a coach that's going to scheme well, and, and the Raiders aren't looking terrible this year. Like you said, they're, no. they're playing good football as well. So I believe this three and four week are going to really determine who the Bills are this, this uh, 2020 season. Yeah, and you're, the Bills are always exciting for me to watch. Uh, I think in the past, you're correct whenever you said they start hot. I want to say last week, week four, they had the Patriots. I mean, if they could have won that game, that season I think would have been completely different. I mean, they, they lost you know, because – I think they're just cursed when they play the page. When they play Brady, I think they're cursed. But uh, I am – I'm excited to see them play the Patriots twice this year. No matter what the records are, I think both of those games are going to be fantastic. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like they went 3-0, and lost to the Patriots, and then won two more games. They're 5-1 and uh, coming out of week seven. Out of week six. After a, after a bye week. Oh, oh, yeah, week seven. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Packers and Saints on that Sunday night game. Um, you know, Rodgers is – I don't think he's scared of Jordan Love. Uh, I, I don't think Jordan no, Love's going to even – I don't think Jordan Love will play a snap for – I mean, not a meaningful snap for uh, the Packers uh, in, in his career. You know, I, I think, I think Rodgers well, plays Well, Rodgers is still there. I don't think he'll play it. Ever, I think I think it'll be a Brady and you know Ryan Mallett situation, uh, or name name any Patriots backup they drafted. I don't uh, think Garoppolo. Love will play it. Drop. I mean, it could be. I I don't think Jordan Love's going to be a Garoppolo. <laughs> I think I sure. think he might be a Trubisky. But yeah, I think I think Rogers plays good for another three or four years. Love gets traded to a team that really needs a quarterback. He comes in. Everyone thinks he's going to do good. Maybe think of like Brock Osweiler. You know. Uh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. Well, okay. So uh, to me, you know, everyone's saying, oh, these older generation QBs that they're all kind of in, around the same class, same age are all starting to deteriorate to me. You can put uh breeze in there in that category. You can put Brady in that category. And we'll talk Drew about that same that category, <laughs> but, but to me, Rogers, he looks, he looks like he can sling it just as well as he was a few years ago. He doesn't look yeah, any I, different to me than he has the past few years. He almost is playing better football at the start of this, this season. I mean, I'm watching that Sunday night game, and there's, there was one play, I believe in the third quarter, they, they cut to Rodgers. I think the Saints were on offense, and they cut to Rodgers. He was smiling. And I'm, sitting yeah. there, I'm sitting there thinking, this, the Packers are going to win this game. I mean, and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't far or anything, and it's just – Rodgers is smiling right now. He know he knows. He's like, look, Saints can do whatever on offense. We're gonna score whenever we're on offense. Here's a, it, a and we're big takeaway: is 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 you're playing great football. You're you're putting up 37 points against the Saints, and that's all with an, an injured Devonte Adams. True. When that man comes back later on in the season, Green Bay is gonna look like a scary team. They really are, and I mean, they they have a good O line. They have, I mean. 
do you think do you think Lazard is a wide receiver too? Um, I mean, in, he played good Sunday. In this offense, when Devonte Adams is healthy, one hundred percent he's wide receiver too. I think in I think in fifty percent of the offenses in the NFL currently, he could be a receiver one. You think? Okay. Because I know I want to say he was an undrafted guy. And one he thing was on you, Jacksonville's practice squad, and then the Packers picked him up. And I mean, he's shown he's shown some brilliance last year and this year. I mean, do you think he's taken that next step to be a solid number two receiver? To me, it, he seems to have sure hands for the film I've seen. Now, granted, it is only about three weeks worth of play. That's not a lot of film. He looks Correct. to have great hands, a pretty solid, you know, secure hands, and. To me, some of the routes he was running was, were really, really great routes. Now, one thing that's a little concerning as far as calling him a receiver one or not is his top-end speed. I don't know if you saw the play where it was a, you know, a larger throw. He had run a great route and beat his man, and he gets caught on like the five-yard line. I did. He got, he got ran down, and he looked rather slow. He almost, to me, looked like a tight end running out there versus a receiver. <laughs> One thing to knock him on would probably be top end speed potentially on that play. But you know, from everything else, I don't see him absolutely burning people either. Yeah. I want to say that was the 72 yard catch he had coming out of halftime. I want yeah, to say that's what yeah. that was. And I mean, you know, you don't need that top tier speed, but it would help. Um, it, I mean, he could have been tired. I mean, I, I can't even name the Packers second receiver. Maybe, I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling, maybe. Um, but did you see the graphic? Rodgers has thrown two touchdowns to uh, a first-round pick. Both of them were Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, I believe that's uh, kind of why he may have shown some frustration after the draft and why other people um, have shown some frustration after the draft. And, and it was because they've done nothing but draft uh, just about opposite of what you would think they would to try and give him some pieces to, you know, throw to even more first round draft first round uh, receivers to throw to. And they, he hasn't done that in his entire career. In fact, like you were saying, he's had two touchdowns to a first round draft pick in their Mercedes Lewis, his tight end. And I believe that's this and year. Alone. One of those touchdowns one of the, was Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the man is a franchise QB and you're not building an offense around him, uh, you know, to suit it. You're not drafting as if uh, yeah, and he I, is that. And I mean, they passed up on, uh, in the draft, they passed up on T Higgins. They passed up on Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, they could have mm-hmm. traded up, uh, you know, a few picks to pick maybe Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk who got picked right in front of them. And, and who's to say they, they weren't, you know, going to get one of those receivers if they fell. But, I mean, the fact that they drafted – the fact that they didn't get a receiver in that first round is just crazy. And the, yeah. the fact that Rodgers is doing what he's doing right now, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's crazy to me. And if they don't make a move, at least in this offseason, to address that second receiver spot, it, it's going to be – I don't even know if Rodgers is going to play there after another year. He might want to be released. I mean, I know he's doing good. I know he's, he loves Green Bay. I mean, everyone loves them or loves him. But, I mean, th- to be a guy like that, I mean, a future Hall of Famer, and to not have, you know, a good wide receiver corpse 
even tight end corps at that point. It just, it, it's got to be frustrating. And, you know, he's shown his frustration yeah. a lot. Yeah, and and to me, it's uh, going back to the Jordan Love pick. You pick a QB in the first round when he's looking like, and he has shown no other reason for anyone to believe that he can play for another four years. Yeah, I mean, his contract, he has another four years on his contract. Yeah, right. he's been hurt, you know. He, he's been hurt in the past, but it's not. It, it was – we've seen him come back from fine, you know. It's not like, oh, if he gets hurt again, what are we going to do? It's, okay, we'll have someone else play, and then we'll be fine. Um, moving on to the Saints, uh, the Saints don't look like a good team. I, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with it. They don't look very good. Obviously, Kamara, Kamara, he's – He's crazy good. His grill is flashier than him that night. But the rest <laughs> of the Saints, I mean, even with Michael Thomas, they just – the defense looks poor. The offense looks boring. I could tell you what they're going to do every play. If They're either going to run it with Latavius Murray or throw a screen. I mean, yeah, Michael Thomas wasn't in there, but he doesn't run deep routes down the field. Emmanuel Sanders wasn't a factor. Traquan Smith didn't do very much on Sunday. They just – they look depleted almost. And I, I'm they, curious to see what they do to change that. Yeah, they look like a team that is definitely missing that uh, receiver one piece. Um, I didn't realize Michael Thomas had that big enough of effect on the offense. Um, but you really get to see it from these past two weeks where they, um, they seem to have struggled a little bit on offense. And, and obviously, like you're saying, Kamara is <laughs> – you know, top tier, arguably the best well-rounded running back in the league. Correct. As far as catching, oh, yeah, as far as everything goes. Best well-rounded agreed. running back in the league. But with that being said, I don't know if you saw the stat during that game. They pulled up. That's just how their offense has been for the past yeah. five, if not other years, because they love that dink and dunk and, and give the ball to the receivers and let them do all the work. Give the ball to the running backs, let them do all the work. It's just a matter of if that ends up executing as far as the receivers go. Or, like in this game, you, you dink and dunk to Kamara, and he ends up, you know, having, you know. I, 179 or something? Of, yes, insane amount of yards um, on yeah. both ends of the ball. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I just – it's watching that game, I'm like, they're not throwing it downfield. Packers can put seven right in the box every play and be fine. And, I mean, yeah, they have a decent – they have a good secondary, Jair Alexander and everything, but – I mean, just – you knew they were throwing a screen or they're running the ball. I mean, and the Packers didn't have Kenny Clark, so it was good to run the ball. But I just think they, they ran it, – it, they were very predictable, at least Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the big things I, uh, I kind of take away from that is, you know, Taysom Hill, they, he brings in a whole new package that you can use and, and run, and he got his a big old contract over the, you know, past offseason and stuff. But that late in the game, trying to do some flashy plays to me is not exactly when you give that play call. And he ends up fumbling, and that's the turn of that game. They, they, oh, yeah. they arguably could have won that game without the fumble. They, I mean, or no, they, they, so yeah, they stopped the Packers on fourth down on, uh, on the Saints 45 or something. And then they take Breeze out of the game. You know, your Hall of Fame quarterback, you put in Taysom Hill. I know it's worked in the past, but. You put in Taysom Hill and he fumbles and yeah, the game is over at that point. Right. Yeah, and, and to me, it's I, I I love that call um, early on in the game, trying to get get the offense going, trying to you know 
get some excitement in the game and stuff. Yeah. But late, late in, in time when there needs to be clutch plays, put it in your Hall of Fame QB who has done it time and time again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so let's move on to the MVP race. Uh, I have my top five uh, who I think – obviously, look, Russell Wilson, he keeps impressing, and I think he's going to keep impressing us season. Uh, he's, he's always found a way to win games on that Seahawks team, and he's going to do it this season. And they might not even be the best team, but the fact that they have Russell Wilson at QB right now, they're playing like the best team. And I don't think anyone in the NFL can stop them right now the way Russ is playing. I'd love to see them in Chiefs play. That, that might be a 2018 Monday night game like the Rams and Chiefs had. That, that would just I, – I want to see Russell Wilson play every single week. I don't care who else is on TV. I don't care who the Seahawks play. He's must-watch right now. Russell Wilson is on a tear. And you know what? He's, he's looking better than, than he even has in past years. And, and he should have arguably been in the race for MVP almost every year he's been in the league. He's, he plays Correct. great, solid football every year, and he's overlooked. This year, he's, he's playing even better almost. And people are finally starting to pay attention to him and go, all right, Russell Wilson, let's put him in the conversation. But is he going to be overlooked again? Is that just who he's going to be? He's going to be a outstanding QB for the entire season and still get overlooked for that MVP? So I don't think this season he will be overlooked. I mean, it's, it's so funny to see, like, because I've been saying it the past four year, three, four years, he's always been my MVP, except maybe that two years ago Mahomes. But Russell Wilson has always been that MVP for me. He's the most valuable player for any team for, to the Seahawks. and. Yeah, I think he's, he's always been in the race, but he's always been third, I want to say. Uh, last year, you had McCaffrey. You had Lamar Jackson. Uh, the year before, you had Mahomes. You had uh, – who's the other guy that year? Was it Saquon? He had Saquon, maybe. Yeah, it might have been Saquon. Probably another quarterback, too. It's just that he's always been – yeah, he's really good, but he's not There's doing some, Someone that this. has just flashy play the whole, the whole year. Yeah, I mean, it's not a knock on McCaffrey, Kamara, or McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Right. It, they're good, but it's just every, they, every, Russell Wilson has been overlooked each season. I don't think they can do that this year, and I don't think they will. I mean, the media, the announcers, the coaches, opposing coaches, everyone has seen what he's been doing. And I think even at this point, he could play mediocre the rest of the year, and I think he'll win. Uh, I don't think anyone – I mean, Rodgers is, you know – the next guy up, but I just, the way Russell's playing right now, if the Seahawks keep winning, Russell Wilson will, MV, will win MVP. It kind of brings you to the, uh, you know, sometimes it's not flashy play, but he's consistent. He's so oh, yeah. consistent. He brings you the same quarterback, quarterback play game in and game out every time. And it kind of brings up that question. In their prime, so let's let's not say like you know Brady or Breeze currently, but in their prime, yeah. if you had a if you had a team that needed a fourth quarter comeback, you needed someone to you know come back and win the game, just as if Russell Wilson did this past week against the uh, Cowboys. Yeah, who do you choose? Do you choose Brady? Russell do you Wilson. choose Breeze? Do you choose Wilson? Do you choose Rodgers? Because I would I would. Houdini. You choose Houdini. He can't be and, stopped. And I don't hate that pick. 
I don't because he's so consistent. The man just I, produces always. He, he's like Mike Trout, you know. Mike Trout consistently hits 300, you know. Uh, he hits 30 home runs. He gets 15 steals. He, he's consistent on defense, and he plays for the Angels. You know, and him playing for the Angels is like Russell Wilson playing for Seattle. And, you know, not that the Angels are not, – not that Seattle's bad like the Angels. It's just he's always getting overlooked. And I don't know if that's because he's in Seattle. I mean, if he was on a New York team or an L.A. team, maybe he is winning the MVP these past three years. Maybe he is one of the best players in NFL history, you know, known to everyone. Uh, but he is – it's just exciting to watch him play. Now, yeah. so my, my top five – or what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to talk about his upcoming schedule because, I mean, I, I, he's beating Miami. They're beating Minnesota arguably beaten Arizona, San Francisco will still potentially be the 39ers. <laughs> they, you know, they, they've had so many injuries. Uh, there's, there's a chance they're going 7-0 and to start the season, and then Buffalo, they, they, you know, who knows how they're playing by then. I, I mean, the Seattle team with this upcoming schedule and how they're playing, I, I just don't see them losing any of these upcoming games. <laughs> It, it, Russell Wilson will find a way to make him win. That's that's what's going to happen. And, uh, it's what he's been doing. It's what he's going to keep doing. And, you know, hopefully we see him for another 10 years in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, it's, so, and to me, it's a, kind of a weird thing because usually you think Seattle, you think, wow, that, that you know, crazy defense. They fly around the ball. You know, they – I yeah. can't remember their, their nickname off the top of my head. For some the reason. Legion of Boom. The Legion yeah, there you go. Boom. Thank you. And this year they're – they're averaging uh, 29 points a game allowed, I believe, somewhere around there, which is yeah. uh, kind of close to the shootouts. Yeah, and they're, they're, they have been injured. You know, that secondary obviously is not the same as it was. But uh, you would think with the addition of Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams that they would be a lot better. And like another thing, it could be like the Bills defense where they're not quite – uh, communicating as well as it should be because there's a lack of the off season. Sure, um, yeah. Yeah. But they also, there's, their secondary has been ravaged by injuries. And uh, once they start to get people back, I mean, they, I think their defense will start holding the people under, under maybe 25 points a game. Let the, let the Seahawks run the ball a little bit more. And I think that's why we'll see less Russell Wilson as the season goes on. But because of this start, uh, I, he's MVP. Yeah. Um, so moving I mean, on I, to the MVP yeah. race. Uh, so I have number one, obviously Russell Wilson. Number two, I got Rogers. Number three, I have Mahomes. Um, number four, I have Josh Allen. And then I had Kyler Murray in as number five, but I'm sliding Lamar Jackson in there. Uh, obviously, this the Baltimore Ravens didn't play very good Monday. That doesn't mean Lamar Jackson's not very good. Uh, and but it's just uh, I don't think Kyler Murray's quite ready yet. I mean he threw three picks, uh, and they lost to the Lions, I believe, at home. Uh, it just wasn't his best game in his sophomore or in his career. And he's he's only a sophomore, nothing to worry about, you know. But uh, he did drop out of my top five. Uh, how how is your how, how would you rank them? Uh, it's funny, actually, my top four are the exact same. I have Wilson, Rogers, Mahomes and Allen all in that exact same order. 
Um, after this next week, I kind of have a hot take. Um, I have Kamara as number five. If he keeps okay. up the season he's having, I have a running back potentially uh, in the argument at least. I mean, yeah, uh, he definitely is this, at least on Sunday, he was a, like McCaffrey last season. He was doing everything for that offense. He was the life of it. Uh, and yeah, it'll be hard to see. I, I can't see him still being that whenever they get Michael Thomas back. Sure. But I, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good prediction. I mean, I think he actually might finish top five in the MVP race. Um, because, I mean, we saw McCaffrey get second last year and obviously Kamara's, he's not going to, I don't think he'll do that when Michael Thomas comes back, but uh, I could see him in the top five. Cause I mean, I don't think he'll beat out a quarterback. That's just how the NFL is. Sure, but yeah. yeah, he could be that number five, maybe even number four guy. And uh, yeah, I, I really like that pick there. Yeah. And really it's going to depend on, um, like you said, Michael Thomas, and if he comes back strong, because I believe he's now practicing and he's potentially going to play this upcoming weekend, if not the next week. But he's um, been pushing it, yeah. Is is he going to push it? Is he going to, um, you know, not come back? Kind of how Julio came back week two, and now he as uh, week three he had the uh, hamstring injury again. So he yeah. he kind of pushed himself. He came back a little too early, and he wasn't really himself. If Michael Thomas does that, maybe Kamarik continues to have the season he's having. But I, I do agree with you there as far as if, Mike, if a healthy Mike, Michael Thomas is in the lineup, he's not going to get quite as much production as he is currently because they're having to rely on him, quite frankly, right now. And he won't, but I, I think they should – I think he should. I think they should give him the ball as much as possible. I mean, not – so like on Sunday, we all saw Latavius Murray was – he was the running back. He was the starting running back basically correct he's he did start. he played every first down i believe yeah i mean and i i don't have a problem with that though because he you know they have a one of the best one two running backs in the league um latavius murray was a starter in oakland a few years ago he's a good back if you can run him between the tackles and then when and then throw Kamara in there every once in a while with fresh legs you know why yeah, not yeah you keep him and, fresh that's crazy uh and it, yeah, and I don't know how many plays Kamara had, but I mean, to throw up, I want to say 179 yards from scrimmage uh, as arguably a backup that game is just crazy. And if they can keep that, that formula, formula going, I say do it. I mean, Michael Thomas would be a good decoy if you can just keep giving the ball to Kamara. I want to say Kamara is uh, top five if not top 10 at receiving yards this season so far i wouldn't be surprised now last game obviously was a big help but he's always someone that's going to catch passes and and produce as far as that goes for that for that team yeah i'm looking it up right now who's uh, leading and receiving Let me see if I can find it. He had uh... – Yeah, he's number five right now. So you have Hopkins, Ridley, Metcalf, Diggs, and then Kamara at number five. So, yeah, and that yeah, doesn't that's... surprise me at all. No. I mean, that it's – he – I mean, this last week, yeah, like you said, helped a lot. But I, I can see him finishing in top ten. Yeah. As a running as back, it's kind of a crazy stat. 
Yeah. And I mean, McCaffrey was probably similar last year. I don't, I don't recall the numbers, but I mean, he could have easily been top 10. Uh, let's move on to Thursday night football Broncos at jets off the bat. Who do you have winning? <laughs> this is a weird one for me. Um, I, I just have a hard time ever choosing the jets. Um, and just and just off of that, I have, I have Broncos winning this game. Um, at man, Jets look like they could um, have the dilemma of talking about trying to get Tua with the first pick. I think they are arguably the worst. Not team. Tua, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, I'm going back to the tanking for Tua from last year. <laughs> tanking uh, for yeah, Trevor this year. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to be that team that's that's going to have that decision on whether they think he's that franchise quarterback for them. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it's not the same as the Josh Rosen situation in Arizona, but it's similar. I mean, Darnold hasn't played great, but it isn't his fault. I mean, so he had his rookie year. Rookies are rookies, right? He goes to a terrible judge team. And then his next year, they bring in Adam Gase. Uh, He gets mono. He's learning a new offense blah, blah, blah. He doesn't play great either. Year three, sure. uh, Adam Gates is a terrible head coach. <laughs> I'll say it now. Uh, <laughs> he might be a good QB guru, but for the whole team, he's bad. And I think that's having an effect on Darnold. I don't think Darnold's a bad quarterback, but I think he's been playing less than mediocre. I'll say. Uh, I have the Broncos as well. It's tough for me, especially whenever they're starting uh, their third-string quarterback, Brett Rippian or Ripian. I don't know how to say it. But, I mean, starting a third-stringer in his sophomore year after – I mean, I think – I want to say his first snaps in the NFL were last week. So, it, it's definitely going to be a weird game to watch. I think Broncos come away with the win, though. Uh, what I'm excited to see, and I, I know you're excited to see this too, is uh, the Jets punting the ball. Yeah, absolutely. That that's gonna be a uh, you know longtime friend of mine, Braden Man. Uh, the, he uh, is he was the first punter drafted in this this past year's uh, draft, and rightfully uh, the, so. And and the Jets rave about him, and and to me, he's the uh, one of the upsides this year. And I know they're they're big. Um, I believe first round draft pick of their left guard, left they're tackle also lineman. Makai Becton, Mackay he went Beck. down yeah. this, this past week. He went down with an injury. I'm not too sure um, on the severity of it. But the other highlight, the other highlight of um, their team so far and in, in, in only bright spot has been their punting. <laughs> and they're going to have to punt, yeah. you know, four or five times a game. So you've got to have someone solid that can kind of flip the field for you and, and, and give your defense some good uh, field position. Yeah, and I mean, he's been doing that, and he's had a he's had a lot of chances to showcase his talent, and he's definitely making the most of his opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and I'm we, looking at it now. Okay, so go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say in week one, it, it, you know, I'm I'm looking at uh, the the Jets punting and and stuff, and I'm looking at that. Uh, man, that coverage team for the punting was so behind because his his leg is strong, and I mean, he can send it down the field as far as he wants to. It's it's far as getting a little bit of air under the ball and giving his uh you know his coverage team some time to run down the field and catch up to it because to me the gunners don't look too fast 
they, they aren't getting down the field. They're not flying down the field, and they're averaging, I want to say, 15 to 20 yards of return. So it, it's, it, I would believe it's going to be now talking, do we want to kick it out of bounds and risk, you know, not kicking it quite as far because our coverage team isn't performing well just as the rest of yeah. the team is not performing well. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely an underrated dilemmas. thing. Yeah, it's definitely an under – special teams is underrated for uh, – uh, NFL fans. NFL teams and coaches know how important it is, but for the fans, uh, a lot of them don't. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely going to limit, I mean, it's going to limit the Jets even more. And if they can't go pick up some guys or, uh, you know, figure out who they want in there, it's going to limit Braden Mann's, you know, at least his fresh or his rookie career, rookie year. Uh, not to say it's going to hurt him in his future, but it will, uh, in a way, it, it could help him uh, if he does get to learn how to do more stuff with the ball and, you know, work on his pocket punting in-game. It could, it could help out, but, I mean, it sucks because the Jets aren't even getting downfield a lot for him to have the uh, situation to kick it, you know, out of bounds within the 20. Because, like you said, they're beginning to return it a lot. So, if he is going to have to kick it 50 yards and out of bounds every time, uh, that might be the best option. I'm, right now, I'm looking at the Makai Becton uh, injury. So he left with a shoulder injury in the second quarter. Adam Gase said he could play this week, but I mean, it is a Thursday game. I doubt he'll play. But yeah, they did avoid a serious, a serious, a serious injury with that one. Okay, good. Yeah, but he, yeah. So Becton has been a bright spot. Their punter's been a bright spot, but uh, their team's about to go zero four. I think. Uh, if we're looking at, well, here's another thing to point out. Broncos signed Blake Bortles this past week. Uh, I doubt he'll play. I mean, he's a quarterback. He, I doubt he'll play this first week. They might put him in garbage time if they, if they really need to. Um, but that is something to watch out for. And uh, all you fancy guys, while Drew Locke is out, I Blake Bortles might be a guy to pick up for a little bit. It depends on how many uh, teams are in the league. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, so – if we're, let's look at the lines here. Uh, the Jets are two-point favorites at minus 110. Uh, and the Broncos at plus two, obviously, at minus 110, too. Like I said, i take the Broncos in two points on that one. Uh, I, yeah, I think they'll I, win. I, I just don't see any positives out of the Jets' play so far. Uh, there's just nothing uh, special or significant that is telling me they're going to win this, this game. Yeah, and uh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're both taking Broncos plus two or to, to win or lose by less than two. Um, and then, yeah, uh, in the money line, we'll take them. So the over-under right now is set, set at 40 and a half. That'd be a 20-20 point game right there. I, under all the way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the defenses aren't very – I mean, Broncos' defense is not bad. I, yeah, I mean, they they lost Von Miller, you know, makes them bad. A.J. Boye, I want to say, still hurt. That's not good, but they do still have pieces. The Jets, on the other hand, uh, they're not a good defense. Uh, the off- <laughs> they're better than the offense, but, uh, yeah, I don't I, – that's why I have the Broncos winning. I mean, it's a third-string quarterback going up against one of the worst defenses in the league. If it was a better defense, I think the Jets' defense could get a few turnovers, help that offense out. but. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going on the under here. I say 17-10 game, maybe. 
<laughs> it it's not looking very fun. I I I can't argue it. Uh, <laughs> when there's not a lot of when there's not a lot of positives um, for for really both sides of the ball, you got to hammer the under just because it, there's not going to be as much going on. Yeah, so. I mean they're they're not going to score, and you know their defense is bad. But a third string quarterback in his second year, you know, signed with Denver after going undrafted in 2019. Yeah, he was a standout at Boise State. I want to say he went 40 and 13 in four years there. But it, he would, like, without the offseason, I mean, it's always going to, the rest of the season is going to come back to this. Without the, a good offseason, without preseason games, uh, and then now you're starting a quarterback who didn't get to play in anything, it, even against a bad Jets defense, I don't think he's going to do very good. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it just strictly by uh, how stats have gone by so far, each team has averaged about 12 to 15 points per game. The Broncos have allowed 23 points a game. The Jets have allowed 31 points a game. So, um, you know, looking at it, those offenses are are not scoring a lot of points. The defense yeah, is it... driven up some, but you, you think the defense could, uh, you know, step up a little more against an offense that is underperforming. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah, be somewhere and, around that 40 point. And I, and I, you know, obviously Vegas knows what they're doing with, with determining the, you know, the point differentials yeah. and stuff. But I, I still see the under hitting. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not much else to say about this game. Uh, we could see, you know, we could see someone come out of nowhere for this Jets defense. Don't expect it to happen. Uh, but, I mean, maybe Quinn and Williams does good. <laughs> but yeah there's there's not much else to say about that game um moving on to the uh, other three main sports because no one cares about soccer uh the nba playoffs started tonight um lakers and heat i have lakers winning that series in seven games uh they won tonight but uh the heat team is fun to watch i'm not a basketball guy but uh just just quick what are your thoughts on uh this uh, finals. Yeah, I, I believe you meant the NBA finals, not the playoffs started this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. You know what? The, the, Heat's a, the Heat's a great solid team, and obviously they've shown that throughout the entire year, and now they're, you know, obviously in the finals. They've, they've made it to the, you know, that whole series. That's the goal. Um, yeah. But to me, this Laker team is going to be hard to beat. They're, they're, they're really solid, and I think it's the Lakers series to lose. Yeah, I agree. I, if I'm predicting it, I'm saying Lakers in six, and I would say Lakers even six. less than that, but I know how the NBA works, and I believe that they're going to try their best <laughs> to stretch it to at least six or seven. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I don't know what you mean by that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, NHL, uh, game six the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup Finals 2-0 to, to zero in Game 6. They beat the Dallas Stars. Uh, they were the best team in the NHL last season. They got swept in the first round by an eight-seed Columbus Blue Jackets team. Um, good for Tampa Bay. If any of you saw that game, it was an interesting one. Uh, but, yeah, not, I mean, not much to say. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't hockey fans down here. Uh, but, yeah, uh, great for Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, <laughs> the good news about this, uh, not many people know. Uh, so Tampa Bay won NHL, right? Uh, obviously the Bucks 
the Buccaneers have a lot of hype in the NFL. Is there more championship to come to Tampa Bay throughout the year? The Rays, the Rays just beat the Blue Jays two uh, in two two game sweep in the wild card round of the MLB playoffs. So Tampa Bay, <laughs> they could have a a three or I guess you could say sweep. They don't have a basketball team, uh, yeah, but you I would could say they sweep. I would believe that uh, Tampa Bay could do what Boston's been doing for a while. What's that? Which is just sweeping in championships. <laughs> All over the place. All of your teams in Boston have been great. Tampa Bay this year could be doing something similar to what Boston's been doing over and over again with New England, with the Red Sox, with the Celtics, with with everybody. That all of those the question, teams are are the solid. Is, so. Will Tampa Bay? Will Tampa Bay keep it going? I mean, because yeah, like you said, Boston. They they Patriots obviously were consistently good. Celtics had down years. But they also had up years. Red Sox, same thing. Down years and up years. Sure. Uh, but we already we all know the Red Sox. They're bad this year, but they'll bounce back at some point. The Celtics are good right now, and Patriots are the Patriots. Do you, do you think Tampa Bay might be able to keep this going? You know, I believe that uh, Tom Brady's starting to find his stride a little bit. Um, he's, I believe True. he's getting a little bit more of uh, the signal calling, and he's getting a little bit more of freedom now that he's not with Belichick, who has a you know pretty cutthroat, militaristic style, type you know coaching style. Correct. If if they continue with the path they're on, I believe that they um, they have a shot. I, I I wouldn't call anything quite just yet. I you know I. I can't say I see them, you know, beating some of the other teams that would be, you know, in their way along, you know, along the way, and especially Kansas City, because I have Kansas City going to the Super Bowl on that end. It's hard to not say that they couldn't, though. You see Tom Brady do it time in, time out, and you, and I believe that he was a, you know, a crucial part of that offense, you know, for New England for a long time. Um, so. As far as, you know, NFL goes, I could see Tampa Bay doing it. And I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if they're at least in, you know, in the Super Bowl and, and having, having a go for it. I mean, with the way the Saints look right now, I mean, Tampa Bay's in first uh, in that division. And with the, way, like, with the way the Saints look right now, Tampa Bay's probably third, fourth best team in the, the after the 49, all the 49ers injuries, the Saints not looking very good. Tampa Bay starting to hit their stride. It, it's, it's looking more likely that they'll be further in the playoffs than we thought. I mean, obviously, they, that week one loss, but like we said, no preseason, limited offseason, a ton yeah. of new pieces for Tampa Bay. It, it, it'll, come, it'll come to them, and it looks like it already has. And then on the baseball side, uh, the Rays have – they were good last year. They were good the year before. They're starting to get good again. They obviously have uh, one of the lowest salaries, combined salaries, but they're the number one seed in the American League, and uh, they look like they'll be good for a few years. And this is hot take, maybe not even a take, maybe just more of a, a hopeful prediction. I'd like to see Tampa get a get a basketball team. Uh, I mean, I'd maybe I'd start watching NBA a little bit more. <laughs> Tampa Bay could – I'm just going to throw it out there. Tampa Bay could start becoming kind of a sports powerhouse, just like up in Boston and New England area. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, the, the Saints, the way they're playing, you, you see them, you know, um, 
you see them kind of being held back a little bit, and the Buccaneers are ahead of them in, as far as the NFC South goes. And then you're looking at the rest of the NFC. The Packers are someone that could potentially step in their way. Cowboys potentially are someone that could step in their way later on down the year. And then the one person, probably the NFC championship, is the Seahawks. That's the big – It's looking like a – it's looking like a Packers-Seahawks NFC Championship game right now. But, I mean, like we said, anything it, it, anything could happen if the, if the Bucks do hit their stride, you know. But, yeah, yeah I, both the quarterbacks, if you look at those three quarterbacks, Brady, Rodgers, and Wilson, Brady is playing half as good as the other two right now. And it's not a knock on Brady. It's more to just say how good Rodgers and Wilson are playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I say that as well. And, and that's why the Buccaneers look, look um, you know, like they have some promise, but they'd have to go through Packers and Seahawks potentially. And that's, that's where it gets uh, to be a little more in question. Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, a big thing, uh, going back a little bit to the NHL stuff, a, a big thing is we just saw our first post-coronavirus or post-quarantine final of any of any sort and uh it was actually without fans which is very strange it's the first championship ever without fans and you see uh kind of a non-celebration in some ways with fans and stuff um it's very different it's very different yeah I mean, you- yeah and uh for it being hockey it's not as big of a deal as it is for uh you know basketball because they don't have as much crowd interaction. But the hockey, the players have said, like, whenever all this started, they were playing in the bubbles in uh, Toronto and Edmonton, that it was weird uh, having no fans. But I think after the bubble, and I want to uh, NBA players will probably say the same thing. I think they kind of got used to it. Uh, it does, I would like to say, it does suck to win and not have that, you know, that moment with the fans. Uh now, obviously, you could win the championship on the road, and it's not going to be there. But just to have that kind of been being taken away from you a little bit has got to be weird. Sure, and it's the first ever of its kind. You know, I mean, this is the first time we have not really had fans in stadiums ever yeah. any. And so um, for it to be a final, even just for the viewers, it just looks very different and uh, – it, yeah. it was interesting to see. Yeah, and uh, basketball, I mean, they're going to be the same way. Now, MLB came out today, I believe. They're going to allow, I want to say, 11,000 fans up in Arlington at the World Series when it comes that time. Now, that's not for another, you know, three, three and a half weeks. But they did come out and say they'll have 10,500 or 11,000 fans up in the Rangers' new ballpark. So, that – and now – it won't be the Rangers playing there. It will be two away teams. So, yeah, it's still going to be weird not winning on your home field or even on your away field because the fans there most likely – now, it's a World Series, but even if you do have your fans flying in there, it's still only going to be 5,500 of them, like, give or take. So, yeah, it'll still be weird even with some fans, I think, for the MLB players. Yeah, absolutely. I think so as this well. MLB is hey. MLB's a tricky one this year because a lot of people, it doesn't really count. 
I mean, it's, Clayton Kershaw just came out and said, look, playing double seven-inning doubleheaders isn't baseball. Extra innings starting with a guy in second, it's not baseball. 60 games, it's not baseball. And I don't know who else has said it, but he's definitely been one of the bases of the MLB, you know, in the past seven, eight years. So for him saying that, and a lot of younger players probably thinking the same thing, baseball doesn't really count this year. Uh, but you can't take that away from the team that wins at all. So it, it'll, it's just, it's all very weird. We're all adjusting to it. Um, but I will say next year, I think sports will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, um, a, a uh, kind of a weird thing to think about coming up for uh, football and kind of keep track of throughout this season is how many times is Joe Burrow going to be sacked this season? <laughs> uh, he's he been sacked, league, right? He's been sacked 13 times after three games uh, and eight oh, this past game. And uh, he's on pace for just about a little under 75 sacks for this season. How many times can you get your franchise draft pick, you know, number one draft pick QB sacked without kind of cringing every time it happens and hoping this man doesn't get injured? They've uh, got to get him some protection and scheme some better things so he does not get sacked eight times a game again. Yeah, uh, that comes back to the off, the off season. Uh, I'm just scared that if they can't build around Burrow, they're going to lose their franchise quarterback. I mean, he, he is pissed. I, it, the best word for it I can think of at just him losing <laughs> and him knowing that, I mean, he knows they suck, but I, I don't, if they don't build around him, he'll definitely leave. But yeah, on the sack, on the sack thing, uh, I guess it's just going to come down to the teams they play. I, I mean, they will have to play. They'll face Miles Garrett another time. They'll face the, they still got to face the Ravens and the Steelers twice, I believe. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough season for Burrow or, or up there in Cincinnati. But uh, hopefully next year. I mean, I I like Burrow mentally. I, obviously, physically he's gifted, but he to me he's one of the most mentally strong. I guess you could say he he's the best mentally fit quarterback in the in the recent years to me. Uh, he just oozes IQ and confidence and. Uh, I think he'll be upset with the Bengals real fast, but I think if he can come back next year with some confidence in his O-line and his defense, uh, I, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he understands that they selected a quarterback without really a foundation to put him in, unlike the Cowboys with Prescott. So, uh, yeah, it'll be frustrating season for him. He will get sacked a lot more times, but yeah. uh, He'll, I think I think he'll come out of it uh, stronger. Sure, yeah. I can see that. You just, uh, you know, want to hope and pray for that man to not uh, get injured from any of the times he's going to get hit for the rest of the season because it's looking like it's going to be uh, close to 75 times. I mean, yeah, we can go back and even – we can look at the Colts whenever they drafted Andrew Luck. The Colts, they drafted Luck, uh, and he was getting sacked a ridiculous amount of times. And the Colts – knew it and they did something about it uh they made a ton of changes on and now they have arguably the best offensive line in the game now unfortunately i don't have luck anymore but they do 
they did notice Luck was getting hurt, and they tried to uh, they tried to fix it. And it's interesting to see if the Bengals have success doing it because I believe they will. It's just will they be successful while doing so? Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's finish with these MLB playoffs, and then we'll let uh, our viewers go. Uh, so Astros obviously cheated. Everyone knew it. They didn't get penalized as hard uh, during the games this season. There's less games and no fans, but they just swept the Twins two in a three-game series. Um, they now they move on to play the winner of the White Sox and A's. And honestly, I I I think they could win that series too. And they'll have to go on to play the Rays and then either the winner of the Yankees or Indians. Astros. <laughs> could get back to the World Series. Now, I don't think it'll happen, but I also didn't think they'd beat the Twins. Uh, and if they do end up getting back to the World Series, what's to say about the cheating scandal? I mean, they didn't – they finished under 500, but when it came to the playoffs, they clutched up, you know? So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be something to watch. And um, I think they have a little bit of um... – things to prove for themselves and to others that that season wasn't a fluke and they performed if you go back and look at those stats they performed better hitting away than they did home anyway um so some of that um scrutiny that they're getting didn't really necessarily translate now their numbers this year versus their numbers over the you know cheating scandal years and stuff are a little lower but like you're saying, they're they're still performing and they're still coming in clutch and they're they're looking like they could be a contender to continue on through through several more weeks. Yeah, I mean Correa's letting people know after today's win of the twins. But uh yeah, if you're not a baseball fan but you're a sports fan, I say just keep a look at the Astros because that's definitely a story to watch. Um yeah, that's a we're we're gonna finish off there. We're at a little we're at about a little over an hour. Uh, I, I want to say it was a good episode. Uh, definitely better than week one and two. I kind of like the style we had today. I mean, thank you, Parker, for coming on. You know, really, uh, really helping out the podcast here. Um, and before we go, I mean, do you have anything else to say? No, I could go on and on about different uh, controversial <laughs> things. You know, if we wanted to talk about, you know, Deshaun Watson versus Dak and who would you plug in as a better system QB and stuff. But um no, I, I don't have anything more for this week. And, you, you know, hopefully I can come on for future weeks and um, we can continue to kind of roll off of this kind of just free flow, talk about each week, uh, you know, as we see fit. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. I mean, yeah, I, well, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time today. Uh, hopefully the listeners did too, because I would love to have you on again. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be all for us this week. We'll look forward to getting another one out next Wednesday. And uh, last thing I'm going to say is uh, let Russ cook MVP 2020. <laughs> uh, and uh, the very last thing that I would like to add is uh, let's bench Kellen Mond. Let's, let's put all that hashtag <laughs> out there because I've been saying for three straight years that this man should not be the starting QB for Texas A&M. Um, and he continues to, to win that job somehow. So, you know, hopefully that that hashtag and trend can go around and let's let's get enough people going to uh, to say that out there so we could potentially <laughs> see some hate hey king or maybe uh 
Calzada, I, I'd like to see someone else go in there and at least give it a shot because they can go in there and fumble three times and lose a game. You can have anybody do that. So, I well, don't know. hopefully in the future we'll get a ex AM punter, current Jets punter, Braden Mann on the pod, and uh, we'll have his thoughts on how it was playing with Tom on. But yeah, that's it for week three of the NFL season. It's it for episode three of uh, Zigzag Sports Podcast. Uh, it's a good one. We'll see y'all later.